Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the short-term show special episode series on Branson, Missouri, where we are doing a 10-episode deep dive on how to buy a short-term rental in Branson. So we've got a few supplemental materials for y'all in addition to the content on this podcast over on our website. So any questions you have about purchase prices and searching properties, you can do that on our website. We also have the AirDNA data, thanks to our friends over at AirDNA, income data, uh, on properties in Branson. So you can find these things at theshorttermshop.com. So www.theshorttermshop.com, purchase prices and income data. If you want to buy a short-term rental property with a short-term shop agent in Branson, you can email us at agents at theshorttermshop.com. Or if you just like us, you just want to hang out with us more, there's a few ways you can do that. And join our Facebook group. It's the same title as my book. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. We're over there talking about short-term rental investing all day, every day. Or if you prefer to talk to us in person or virtual person, you can join our Zoom call that we have every Thursday. You can sign up for that at strquestions.com. We'll catch you guys over there. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on Branson of the Short-Term Shop Special Episode Series. So today we're going to talk about what to buy. So areas, types of properties, things like that. And we got a cool panel here today. You are going to recognize Bill from last time, but Bill, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, it's Bill Beck. I'm a Branson real estate agent here with the Short-Term Shop. I've got a background in vacation rental buying consulting and yeah. All right. <laughs> there you go. Just, like I said, kind of try to keep it different each time, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Jonathan Roberts. John, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm John Roberts. I'm a new investor in the uh, the Branson area. I worked with Bill last year uh, to get my first short-term uh, rental property. Been operating it since uh, November at this point. It's going really well. Having a lot of fun. Uh, excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming. So we will start with areas. So what, is there a geographical area, like a triangle or a square that we want to stay in when we're uh, buying short-term rentals in Branson, or is it kind of all over the place? Let's let's go through that. The triangle. How did you know it was a triangle? You said it right off. Did I, have I said that to you before? No. Well, so honestly, it, since I've been selling in the Smokies longer than anywhere, I used yeah. a triangle there. So I just ripped that off. I didn't realize it was actually a triangle in Branson also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much for being yeah. different every episode. One more similarity, right? <laughs> um, okay. Tell me about the triangle. Great Your question. Triangle. So in Branson, first and foremost, everyone's driving everywhere. So this is one of these areas that doesn't have the same degree of sensitivity of where is your location to, to like maybe like a beach market where it's like as you progressively get farther away from the beach probably going to be less occupancy less less eyes on it um the triangle shape kind of encompasses starting in the northwest branson west that's where indian point is that's where that's where john's property is it's not like that's the edge it's more like that's a hub. And then that, that goes all the way down across the lake. Cause table rock Lake, if you look at it on the map, Branson's on the East side of the lake. So the majority of where the people are, the stuff is the strip, the shows, the entertainment, the restaurants all on the East side. So 
you take that all the way down to the border of Arkansas and there's vacation rental properties all along this area. There's things to do. And again, drive time from, you know, from Indian point where Silver city is down to Arkansas is probably 25 minutes. And then you could kind of say it goes up to the other point of the triangles, like where Branson city center is maybe a little bit East of that. Uh, but if you start to get 15, 20 minutes North of Branson, you're kind of in no man's land. There's nothing really out there. If you go east of Branson, 30 minutes, you really are starting to get like far away from everything. There are things west towards the lake, um, you know, some some things, but it gets it gets it gets to be pretty far out in the middle of nowhere really quick. You're out in the sticks before you know it. So, gotcha, gotcha. And I hear a lot of talk about secondary and tertiary markets amongst all the influencers lately about how. Uh, the the main the major markets don't work anymore, and you need to buy in a secondary market like right outside of it, or a tertiary market even a little further outside of it. And I found that to be decent, okay advice in some markets, and in some markets to be just like wildly horrible advice. What do you think? Are there any little areas like that in Branson where I mean, I guess Branson hasn't gotten so crazy expensive like some of these markets have. But are there any like secondary tertiary markets that we need to be aware of? Or you really just want to stick in the triangle? Well, it's all down to the zoning, right? So Taney County, Stone County zoning is the conversation that really if, if people are sleeping, not listening, like this is it. Like this is where the funnel begins. So if you don't have a property that's in one of these areas that's approved for vacation rental, you can't be jumping on Zillow, Realtor.com, looking at things and saying, ooh, that's a cool house in the middle of nowhere that'd be great to have as a vacation rental or in this residential neighborhood. It's just, you're not going to get it approved. Um, and we had that, I think, discussion a little bit with, with our earlier episode with Tyann, but it, it, that's the main thing that people need to be paying, paying attention to. So as far as tertiary up and coming, Barry County is on the west side of the lake. There are no re regulations there, but you are about an hour away from Branson. So um, that is something where I've seen people look at those properties as an option. Um, it's just what brings people out there. I've, I've, I've showed property out there and people are like, okay, Bill, what, why are, what is bringing people out here? Because there's nothing but Dollar General and a couple of churches and farmland. I'm like, I don't really know. I mean, there's probably someone out there that wants to book these to get a, get away from it all. Um, but that's, that's, that's a maybe, uh, you know, down in Arkansas, right, right past the border. That's a hot spot um, because it's like technically still part of Branson and there are no zoning restrictions. Um, but I don't have my Arkansas license. That's one of those where it's like, I can't speak too much into that. Um, going North of Branson, we kind of already mentioned that. So it's, it's really hard. We don't have a ton of tertiary markets in, in our area. And that's totally fine because some markets have them. Some markets really don't um, like the Emerald coast, for example, where I live, there's, you know, if you could go across the Bay to like Freeport, but that doesn't make sense because the, the beach is over here on this side of the Bay. So there's no point in doing that and nobody would ever rent there. So, okay, cool. So not really a lot of tertiary secondary stuff. So that's fine. Some markets have them, some markets don't. So let's talk about the type of property. So this is where 
a lot of people will say, oh, I've bought in this mountain market and that mountain market, and I've bought in the Poconos and the Smokies and the wherever else mountain market, and I'm coming to buy in Branson. I'm coming from a Branson cabin now. So Bill, what are you going to say to people when they say, here I come to get my Branson cabin? You going to go get yourself a cabin? Well, we don't have cabins here in Branson. Well, just, just, just something that we uniquely have uh, because of that zoning we have condos, lots of condos. So are you excited to buy a condo? Because even single family homes are going to be condos. And these are the things that are zoned for it. Uh, really, we go back in a little bit of the history. This is an area that very early wanted to set up. Um, how do we allow these vacation rental properties in our market and figure out a way so that we're not disrupting residential neighborhoods? So let's push them all into certain communities where uh, all your neighbors are doing the same thing. So if you want to get a cabin in Branson, they exist. I, I don't want to make it sound like this is a non-existent product. It's just from an inventory available to buy standpoint, very hard to find. And when they get listed, they usually have a feeding frenzy for them. So there, there, are, there are a handful um, scattered across our, our area, but they are going to be, again, in these communities that are technically deemed detached condos like we had in our first conversation. So that's something that people just need to be aware of. So from an inventory breakdown, lots of one, two, three, four bedroom condos. And then we've got larger lodge properties, cabin type properties in the five plus bedroom range. Uh, they go all the way up to one listed this weekend for a, like there was a 12 bedroom for 3 million sleeps like 60 people um, might make, I don't know, four or $500,000 a year. So Wow. Okay. So if you're looking for one of those lower occupancy ones, it's possible to find properties that for all intents and purposes, other than lending look like a cabin, but they're technically a condo. So you can still have your quote Branson cabin just for lending purposes. It's technically a detached condo, right? Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. Okay, cool. And John, what type of property do you own? I know it's going to come as a shock, but I, I bought a condo with Bill <laughs> um, talking about trying to make it exciting. Bill, you excited me the first call that we had um, when I told you I was interested in this market. Uh, I I kind of did that thing that you were talking about, went on Zillow and was looking at, you know, houses in like Kimberling City area and things like that, that, that really wouldn't work. Um, but once you kind of broke it down and, and started explaining this, is you know, this is kind of how the market works. And I started running the numbers on those condos. Um, it, it really did excite me, uh, especially since the, the one that I'm in, I mean, you can see silver dollar city from my deck, which has really been a, a driving factor in the bookings that we've got. Um, so I'm in a two bed, two bath, about 900 square foot condo and a really great little community in village of Indian point. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think um, I think it took what like a, a couple of days to get it under contract back back in that point, and I mean it might be a little bit different now. I don't really know how the market's going now, but um, Bill kind of showed me it, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know what that that one's doing. It's been sitting on the market for so long. I was able to to snatch it up." So the nice thing about these yeah concentrated communities is you start to get a, a feel for like what the relative values are and you can just see it as soon as it comes out you see qualitatively you're like okay that thing is probably a little too high or that thing's a potentially an awesome deal so i saw it and john was 
you know, he could, I could tell from the way we were communicating, he was serious. So I'm like, Hey, you might want to like really look at this one again, because on any given day, there's probably like half a dozen, like really awesome buying opportunities where it's like, okay, I'm not going to say this is the number one deal, but like in this cohort of good deals, one of these five or six ones is probably going to get it done. And I think that's what, you know, maybe even yours was like a number one or two pick. So I'm glad you took action when it presented itself as an opportunity. Awesome. And how many bedrooms is yours? Uh, it's two bed, two baths. Two okay. Awesome. All right. So type of property, we've gone over that. So what is Indian Point? As someone who is not familiar at all, what's Indian Point and West Branson and all that that you mentioned? So like, where is the strip in relation to all that? Okay. First, we start with the lake. Do you know where Table Rock Lake is? Does mm-hmm. that do they have a mental like yep. shape? Okay. Yes. So then Branson is east of that, like almost directly east of that. And then between Branson and the lake is the strip. So that's where all of the activities, the theaters, the food, the restaurants are. And then when you take uh, that towards basically up along the edge of the lake, that gets towards Silver Dollar City. The Silver Dollar City is like the entrance to Indian Point. So it's right there on the edge. And that's something that Indian Point is is a bit of a, like almost like a resort uh, area where there's a lot of people that own resorts. There's a lot of vacation rental areas. There's timeshares. There's just, you know, all sorts of things that are having to do with tourism, uh, but okay. mainly the silver dollar, silver dollar city right there. Are there a lot of RV resorts over there? I'm there trying to think are. if that's where we yeah. stay. Okay. That's probably there. where I had my near death Branson experience was. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Now, now I've got my bearings. All right. Cause we stayed at the, it was called the like silver dollar city campground or something, but it actually was nowhere near Silver Dollar City. You have to go yes. out and around. <laughs> that's exactly, that's right. That's not an Indian point, but yeah, that's like heading towards it. So you're kind of like on the fringes of it, but yes. Okay. okay. Gotcha. gotcha. And we just downsized our motorhome. So to like a camper van, and we're going to, this is totally not anything to do with this, but instead of staying at campgrounds all the time, we're going to just stay at Airbnbs and hotels. We can sleep in it if we want to for like a a night, but it would be tight. But now we don't have to worry about these near death experiences of getting the motorhome into situations that we can't get it out of, which is what happened. So Can we get I know this is totally off topic, but it sounds really riveting. Can you give us the 30 second what happened? <laughs> yes. Okay. So we had a 44 foot motorhome towing my Jeep. And we passed the entrance to the Silver Dollar City uh, RV park. And so I'm, we're looking at our map and we said, okay, if we turn right, right here, we can go down here and loop around. Looked great on a map without elevation lines. So we took a right and it was straight down, nowhere to turn around. Cause you have to have, you can't just like do a three point turn in a rig like that. So we're like going down and then there's a switchback and another switchback. And we're thinking we're going to fall off the cliff. And when we finally get down to the bottom, we're like, okay, here's the turnaround. The road ended. It just ended. There was no more road. And it was just mud. 
going out across and we're like, man, we, we made it through all of this downhill and the switchbacks and then not being able to get like the switchback turn radius was too sharp for the motorhome to be able to get around. And we somehow did it without killing ourselves and our children. And, and then the road ended and there were two big, like huge potholes full of water that they could have been three inches deep. They could have been 3000 feet deep. You could not tell. And we finally, Luke was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just doing it. Cause there was no way, there was no way a tow truck was going to get us. There was nothing. And he just like gunned it through the mud and we made it. And it almost broke like everything in the motor home. Cause it like shook it so bad. And I was like laying on top of the kids cause things were flying out of the cabinets onto us. And, um, that's the 32nd version, but it was really, really, really scary. Cause it was a drop off on one side and um, and Luke, I thought was going to explode. And then we were trying not to have an explosion in front of the kids, <laughs> let them know how scared we were. <laughs> and it was just, I'd never, ever want to be in that position again. It was horrible. So now we got the camper van and we don't, well, you got PTSD it. about Branson. Maybe you got a little bit, you back a little in bit. Here. like that's the I way know. you're we're, through it. <laughs> we're coming back through at the absolute worst time of year, 4th of July. Uh, this year. So oh, your, 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 your blood pressure is going to come up. Cause you're just going to like start to see triggers and be like, Oh God, Oh no, there it is again. <laughs> yeah. And Luke has an irrational fear of heights to begin with. So it was just, it was really, really scary. <laughs> you're just going to start to see those billboards and be like, start yeah. little beads of sweat <laughs> coming down. So there's cool. a few Thanks. areas of the country where we've had those issues. Um, okay. But anyway, so we, we've gone over types, so you're pretty much always going to be a condo, which, guys, we keep saying that because it matters in terms of what type of loan you get. So you can't just, and we're going to talk about this in depth on the financing episode, but we keep beating condos into your brains because you have to finance these like condos, like non-warrantable condos. So not your regular financing routes are not always going to work. So just that's why we keep saying that. So you cannot forget. And, and because that's what is available to buy and what people are staying at. So it's, it's not like this is like another market where if you get a condo, it's not as good because there's houses available, plenty, plenty of houses or cabins as an alternative. It's like, no, that's like, that is what people are staying at. That is what is like out there. And there are, there are areas you want to be in close to, um, I think one of the best, I don't know if you've ever recommended this Avery, but sometimes just telling people, if you're going to go look at a market, like if I were to go to Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg or Sevierville or Dollywood, it's like you put those terms into Airbnb and VRBO and look at the mapping algorithms. Where does that lay that over? And it's going to be a little bit different each time. But Branson's interesting because people don't go like, hey, I want to go to like Branson West or maybe they'll say Silver Dollar City, maybe, maybe Indian Point. But majority um, of research is showing people are saying Branson. And where is that map like putting you? So if you're looking at location again, don't put any dates in, don't put any occupant number in VRBO, Airbnb, and then just pl plug that Branson in and it'll show you, okay, here's the starting grid. And from there, if you're like in that square, you're in a good spot because you're already like, people are going to be scrolling around and at least you'll be there. If you're way outside of that, that's, that's not a good, not a good place to be. Got it. All right. So now let's talk about sizes. Is there a specific size that doesn't work or do all sizes work or what are we looking at size wise? Um, so we start with the one bedroom condo. I mean, there's ones that are like studio style. 
I don't like those. They're almost like hotel rooms. They've got like a kitchenette. It's like, how are you, you know, differentiating yourself from a hotel room? Um, you know, there are one bedrooms though that have, you know, full bathroom, full kitchen. If they're like in a nice community with good amenities, it's like those could actually rent out pretty well. In fact, they can, in some cases have higher occupancies than some of the two bedrooms. Uh, the two bedroom is like the majority of our inventory in Branson. I think there's like, I want to say like 1700 two bedrooms uh, out of our like total of about 5,000, maybe more if you expand the area. But the two bedroom condo, that is the mainstay of what um, what people are getting their hands on. It's great for, you know, you can get six, eight, maybe even 10 people. 10 is probably a, a stretch, but comfortably get six to eight people in there, which if you think about it, that could be a family with grandparents or it could be two couples or it's just, it's just gives that enough uh, option for you can have families or different demographics. You could get the older generation that books those. Um, and if you want more space, there's three bedrooms. So three bedrooms, there's less inventory of. Um, they have a little bit more pricing power as far as your ability, but harder to get your hands on a three bedroom. But that is one of those that everybody is, because there's less of them, some people want to go for those. Um, and then not as many four bedrooms that starts to be like kind of rare territory. So if you get a four bedroom condo, that's like, um, and you're starting to get into, there are cabins and, and single, single family type properties that are the two four bedrooms sizes. Um, but there's, there's less and less of those. And then we start to shift into the, the lodges, which are like from, five all the way up to 10 bedrooms, actually even 12 bedrooms, like we mentioned earlier. So those are all in purpose-built communities. And, you know, those are for the big groups of people coming in for our baseball tournaments, dance tournaments, church retreats. So those are the groups that are spending, you know, upwards of thousand dollars a night to stay at this place because it sleeps, you know, 30 plus people. So Okay. And I mean, that's, I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the lower, lower occupancy properties have a higher occupancy rate. So the one bedrooms and two bedrooms probably stay booked a lot more often than the bigger ones, but the bigger ones command such a higher price per night that they, the return on investment can be higher. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Occupancy for smaller properties, like you can see like one bedrooms getting to like, you know, 65, 70% occupancy, um, which is pretty good for our area. We don't have like 12 months of the year where everyone comes here because January and February are pretty dead. So uh, average, average in our area is like 55% or 56 or 54, somewhere right in that mid fifties. And then, uh, so that's the two bedrooms are kind of right in that, in that lane. I mean, John, have you seen a full year yet? I forgot when you bought yours. Uh, we haven't done a full year. So we haven't, we haven't got to go through the the busier season yet. Um, but honestly, uh, we, we got our condo up uh, and running in November of last year. About I think the first week in November was when we, we hit the, you know, go live button on Airbnb. Um, and we had, we had it booked every weekend and into the week from November to December. Um, and that's a two bed, two bath. And that's kind of taking advantage of the fact that Branson kind of has those two busy seasons. They've got the traditional summer season when people are coming for family vacations. 
They're going to the lake. Um, and then you've got the holiday season, which is huge in Branson. You've got all the shows do their, their holiday shows. Silver Dollar City uh, completely changes and does the, the light shows and, and decorates for Christmas. Um, we actually decorated our condo for Christmas this year because we had guests asking us to do that. So, um, yeah, we, we, had, we didn't have any issue keeping you know, occupancy through that time of year uh, with a two-bed, two-bath. And honestly, I know people in our condo complex that own multiple units and they specifically are trying to buy the unit right next to them. So if they do have a larger group come in, they can say, yeah, it's a, it's a two bed, two bath. Um, we're limited to seven people per unit, but we have this unit right next door that's also open so we can accommodate a larger group with you. Um, and in some of the units, they've actually been able to like open the deck up so that you can have the shared space on the deck. Uh, so, so even though, as Bill mentioned, you know, that two bed, two bath is kind of the sweet spot. There's a lot of opportunity to, you know, mix and match in there so that you can, you can, uh, uh accommodate different group sizes, uh, even if they're looking for a little bit larger place. Awesome. Also Billy, the, the awesome. sweet spot too. It's like, yeah, there could be ones that are overpriced or ones that are lacking amenities or are old and not updated. And it's like, those are ones that you don't necessarily want to look at it's the same opportunity as the ones that are maybe a really awesome deal or, you know, ones that have, you know, walk in is a pretty important thing here. People like walk ins because we do have a demographic of, of veterans and, and retirees that have, you know, from amputations to like, you know, walking issues and hip problems, knee problems, you name it. So a lot of people are looking for walk-in properties. I do think penthouse units are good too, though, just because they've got the spacious lofted open area. So it feels bigger, you know, your voice carries, it feels more spacious, um, better lit. I, I, I generally think so. Um, you don't have people walking on top of you in the middle of the night. Right. 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 So those are just like little things that throw out as nuggets um, because yeah, not every two bedrooms, a two bedrooms, a two bedroom. We've seen massive ranges from like, Hey, I made like $6,000 in a year. And you're like, what six, that's it. Like, that's not good. All the way up to like, Oh, I've got a two bedroom that did 51,000. You're like, that's really good. What? So what's, obviously what's outliers. A typical, what's a purchase price on a two bedroom, just average. 200 to two fifty. Okay. So you can yeah. hit 20% of purchase price. Not within... probably 18, 19% right now. I just looked at it actually over the weekend and I was running some analytics and it's then we could, I guess you could, if you started to offer lower than asking, you probably could get pretty close. So that's, that's hard to do nowadays, especially for less than $250,000. like, what other, mar what other market, Avery, can someone go do that? Maybe Myrtle beach, but Maybe. that's it. Because okay. <laughs> uh, but from my background, I'm like, there's there, this is like a unique market where it's like, okay, if you are going to work in Branson, it's going to be a condo, but if you only have, you know, quarter million dollars to play with, like, this is, this is it. This is where you should go. And then if you go to other places across the country, yeah, sure. You could probably find a really sweet lake house with a slip on a nice, awesome lake. 
but what lake is that? And it's like, what's the, what's the number of occupants that are going to come through the course of the year? And is there going to be, you know, your operational infrastructure from a team to take care of that? So that's where Branson, like, yes, you kind of have quite a bit of um, homogenous inventory, but hey, you're going to be taken care of on all these different fronts. So. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you, there are very few markets out there that are as affordable as Branson and that still return and that they're a mature enough vacation market that there's actually the infrastructure for cleaners and handymen and people like that, where you're not having to go find somebody who cleans primary homes and try to train them to turn a vacation rental. So that's pretty cool. And let's talk about, uh, I know we talked about it on the previous episode, but let's hit on it again about lakefront and lake view properties just because people are going to, I feel like people are going to skip around episodes and miss that. Yeah. So can you get a lakefront property with a boat slip and, and all those things? Lakefront's hard because of the Corps of Engineer. Corps of Engineers owns, you know, the, the lake frontage for the entirety of Table Rock Lake. Um, you can own towards Lake Tanicomo, which is actually the river that runs off of the dam from Table Rock Lake. So the river runs east and kind of up along the Branson uh, city center where the landing is. So uh, there are certain complexes that you can have right off. I mean, you can walk down to the water. Um, but again, that's that's more of a river and not the lake. But Table Rock Lake, uh, front with the slip, um, very, very almost almost near, near, nearly impossible to get lake frontage, but lake view is very doable. Uh, John's community, there are lake views and, uh, you know, there's marinas so you can get yourself. If you want boat access, there's proximity to those marinas is available. So, yeah. Typically do lake view properties perform better than not lake view or are they priced higher for to purchase? Sorry. to cost more to buy one. Yeah, people people have a weird thing with the lake. They love to see that water, and I think had, it's that weird. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not weird. It's I, I just say that jokingly because it's yeah. like it's like it's interesting how you know if you got a property that doesn't see water, it it just doesn't have the same exact attraction that that I mean I've got a listing that um, just sold actually yesterday, so and it's right by Table Rock, um, but you can't see any water from it, so it's like right next to it but because there's trees literally covering the water i mean you could see through it and see water but it's like it's right there so gotcha yeah the, uh, the having the the lakefront view for us was actually a major selling point for my wife um she really wanted a a property that we could get to table rock as easy as possible um and and yeah there, there are places around there uh village of Indian point's got a lot of of condos that have that kind of lake view and it's not necessarily lake frontage, but, you know, our, our condo has a lakeside trail that I can get to from my unit. You just walk down the stairs and I can walk along the trail, be right, right next to the lake. Um, so it was a major selling point for us, but I can understand that, you know, some, some people might not be that interested in it. Some people come to Branson just for Branson. Other people come to Branson for Table Rock. Other people come kind of a mixture. So. Okay. Got it. Let's talk about amenities. Are there any amenities that you absolutely have to have because everyone has them? So if you don't offer it, you're at a disadvantage. 
resort amenities. I mean, that's kind of the big thing is like, even for my vacation rental property I have, it's like my third picture is the pool. And that's like, you know, if you want families to stay at your place, you gotta have, gotta have a swimming pool. So yeah, it's the best way pool. to wear out toddlers and little kids. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So getting a nice, attractive photo of the blue sky, blue water, comfortable seating. It just, you know, gives you that association of I'm on vacation. So communities that have pools got to have one, I think at the very minimum, but then ones that have indoor pools that allows you to stretch your, uh, your booking window or excuse me, your, your bookings into some of the off season. So maybe when people who have regular pools, uh, they shut down for the season because we're we are in the Midwest. We're not in like you know the South, so we do get chilly. So pools are seasonal. So if you have an indoor pool, that can help you get some occupants into the some of the off season where others may may not book out as well. So that's that's probably the number one uh, profit driving and community amenity. Uh, we do have communities that have you know everything from like sand volleyball to shuffleboard to even like for like little, like mini golf that people can go and, and do and just pick up. Um, but you know, ultimately that, uh, that pool is like the number one thing that people are going to want. All right. What about inside the unit itself? Are hot tubs a big thing? You have to have a hot tub. Not really. No, no. So the large lodge type properties, um, even they have like resort like pool and hot tub areas. So there are some of them, like I've sold one that had one that had, was in a, in a room that they had a hot tub area so that they, they are out there um, for larger properties. Uh, but for condo properties, like, no, that you don't, you don't have those private ones, generally speaking. Okay. Um, do, I mean, can you even get a hot tub in some of those condo properties, I would imagine maybe the HOA has something to say about that. Or can you get one on your personal deck if you want it to offer it? Mm, probably need to be HOA dependent. So I haven't seen too many that people have done that though, okay. just because I think part of it becomes like a structural engineering question too. Like, can this deck like hold this thing up? And right. secondly, yeah. how are you going to get it there? Because if it's like a third story, it's like, how is this actually going to like get put there. So the community having pool and hot tub as, as like for starts kind of takes care of that. Um, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Anything in particular that people are looking for in the unit, like in some markets, you need to have a, at least an arcade game if you don't have an arcade room or a pool table or anything like that. Yeah. Large properties are very similar to the Smoky Mountain type properties, as far as like game rooms, you know, uh, movie theater areas, um, all those things that, you know, like we have this here in particular is we'll have like two separate kitchens because if there's multiple families, maybe people don't want to commingle their food and drink, or if they've got, you know, baby food and whatnot. So it's like, it's good to have multiple kitchens. Okay. Um, for smaller properties, it, it can range all over. I mean, it's just literally the fit and finish, um, usually starting with the kitchen, you know, that's generally where you can tell if the property's 
you know, been take, you know, been updated or not, because you can do flooring, you could do paint, but to do the cabinets and to do counters, that's pretty significant investments so that really can dictate qualitatively where a condo's at when you're, when you're judging it. So looking at the kitchen first, seeing, you know, what kind of counters they have, have they done the cabinets, um, appliances, are they stainless, you know, newer, or are they original? Like the bottom of the barrel ones that are kind of rare to find here, but we do have people that will still rent green carpet, like straight up, like, like emerald green carpet from 1993 yeah, that, mm-hmm. that the color is like sort of greenish now because of all the bleaching and dust and people walking on it um, with these like really uh, a lot of brass, a lot of. Oh lot of- yeah. Do you get that great mauve colored carpet occasionally? That's from the same era is the mauve carpet. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> it's just, you, you just see like, you can almost see it through the pictures, the smell that comes with it. <laughs> so some people are like, Ooh, I smell money. Cause I do the rehab and I'm, I'm yeah. ready to burr this thing into an STR. And it's like, okay. Cool. Yeah, Most people it. are like, that scares me. Why would anyone <laughs> ever stare that stay there? And you're like, I don't know. I haven't I've, great well, question. So it sounds like, or maybe I'm wrong about this. Correct me if I'm wrong. There might be a lot of opportunity for people who do want to do like a full in condo rehab, because that's not really that expensive compared to like a single family house. You're only having to do the inside. Uh, Typically condo kitchens are a little smaller, so you're not paying for as much like square footage of granite. So it seems like there might be a lot of opportunity for that for some of those more grandma units for an easy rehab. Absolutely. I mean, even John, that's, that was kind of your situation, right? I mean, I'll let you go ahead and jump. I mean, this is, this is a huge opportunity. So let, I'll let him speak and I'll, I'll finish off. Yeah. So there are actually a lot of, there's a lot of variety in our complex on, on how many units have been fully updated and how many haven't been touched since the nineties when those buildings were built. And ours was kind of in between where it's, they've done a little bit of work, but you can tell that they haven't done anything to the bathrooms since those things were built. Uh, the kitchen kind of has newer appliances and, 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 uh, but the, and, and the cabinets have been replaced from the original, but there's still some, you know, painting fixtures that could be going on. So that was a, another reason that we bought our unit was we saw what these other units um, in the, the complex were selling for uh, that had been fully renovated and, and looking at that and saying, you know, it, it's not necessarily a project that I want to get into right now, but I know there's the opportunity to do it. Um, so that's something that, that we're looking at. I don't honestly, I don't know if I really want to get into a full reno on it mainly because if it's running out just fine as it is and it's making the numbers that I projected and, and wanted to make, that might be something that, you know, is, is a longer term project. But I know there are, I know there are three or four in, in our unit or, or in our complex that was on the market at the same time of ours that you look at them and you like, this hasn't been touched in 20, 30 years. Um, and I know the guy who lives or not lives, who owns a, a few in, in the building next to us. That's specifically what he does is he goes in and he buys those uh, those ones that haven't been touched, does a full renovation on them and then gets them up on the market. So there's a lot of opportunity there um, to do that. Yeah. And like, like, I just think it's a math thing, right? So if it's, the community they're selling for 260 270 
and one's for sale for 205 and it's going to take 30, 35 max to get it to be like a grade. It's like, think about all that extra equity in there, just in the valuation of it. So definitely an option for the right people. I think people who are like, no, I want that. I just want to buy it turnkey hundred percent and not do anything to it and get huge cash flow with it. It's like, well, that's going to be hard because the seller put a lot of work into it. So their psychology is that, no, I'm not going to give this away. I'm going to like charge a premium for it. And then that kind of eats into the, the potential return on a property. Um, we are in a market right now, though, where there is a little bit of a shift and there's a little less of the buyer demand than we saw last year. So there are some opportunities to maybe get some of those renovated ones where maybe they will drop their prices a little bit. So you can still get a, a good opportunity. So um, just it's just being mindful of what is the what is the relative value for what they're asking and, and what you should or shouldn't go for. That makes sense. Uh, I do like that, that idea though, because there's really only so many things, so many expensive items in condo. So that could be a really good opportunity for people. Yeah. And it's um, low risk. Cause you're not going to have to mess with like a roof. You're not going to have to do like a refinish a basement. You know, like there are no basements, like, yeah. like yeah, you're right. Cool. Kitchen floors, paint, furnishings, electronics, maybe HVAC, HVAC and water heater. Those are the like ones behind the closet, but that's the biggest ticket item. Right. And then from there, it's like, what, what else is there to worry about here? It's like nothing with siding, no no foundations. It's like, anyway, you've got me interested in a, in Branson now. Let's do it, Avery. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I think we've kind of gone over everything. Is there anything in particular that sticks out in your mind that doesn't work that people should avoid aside from things that aren't zoned right? Timeshares. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should avoid those at all costs. What joke, else? <laughs> but it's also not a joke because we have what's really interesting in Branson. If if you think of the first part as, okay, if it's zoned to use for vacation rental, cool. Well, there are communities that are like, yeah, you can use this as a vacation rental but you have to use our management. Like what? It's like, you have to use the management as part of the uh, covenants and restrictions that you are forced to use the management that goes along with it. I don't know if that's in other markets. Like, do you have that? Every In some markets more than others, but yeah, I think so that's a terrible idea too. It's, it's brutal because they usually are like, we'll charge 45% off the top. And it's like, well, how is that ever going to pencil out? And the answer is it's never going to. So- I never have sold one to a client. I will never try to, unless someone really wants to like go ahead and lose some money. Um, it's those are the ones to completely watch out for. Um, it's like do not do not go. Don't don't even think about it. Um, so that's like that's like the big red flag. And then, generally speaking, too, is like the the very very entry level because you know how Air DNA will like do different tiers like there's a luxury tier and there's like the high tier then there's like the mid and then like budget and like the ultra like the very entry level economy i don't know if economy is lowest but that that is something i caution too because it's like from a competitive advantage and future proofing of your investment what are you going to have moving into the future if it's something that doesn't have amenities that is really really basic I mean, you really, your only value is, is the low price. And, you know, that's a race to the bottom if you're just trying to cut your rates. So. Gotcha. 
Um, yeah. And I, I, you just like, can't, if they start doing a bad job, if you're like deed bound to have to use them, then you can't even threaten to hire somebody else to replace them. Yeah. It's like, what was the incentive here? Cause if you can't fire them, then how hard are they going to work for you? And if they're taking such a huge amount, like shrug worthy, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good thing to avoid. Anything else we need to avoid? Uh, there are also ones that are like, you can self-manage, but if you do, then you don't get to like access the amenities, which is again, one of those like, huh? Or there's another one that if you self-manage, you have to pay a per booking fee to the association because they, they manage the key cards. Again, it's one of those that's like, you, you kind of have to find it out by investigating uh, for clients like, okay, what's the situation here? So just those little nuances, I generally just, I get that right in front of people. So there's no surprises. Yeah. Uh, I just like to get that like right out in the open. So yeah. And then just flat out people that are really, they weren't listening and are, are really like, wait, what about this house though? It's, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of cool looking right bill. And I'm like, yes, it's really cool. Do you want to move here? Like be my, be my, be my guest. Come on out let's go. You can't use it for vacation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and Bill, what was the, there's also, I remember when we were looking, there was that one property that had like two HOA fees. There was the the property owner's HOA fee. And then there was another fee on top of that. And I think total monthly fee was like 450 bucks. So that's Point Royale. Yeah. There's a couple that have um, like a split one where it's like a, a community association and then it's split with the actual building condo association. So those fees can add up, but Point Real is good in terms of it has like the indoor pool, clubhouse, really nice taking care of golf course. So I used to say like, don't go there. It's like no go zone. It's too expensive. But then I've seen occupancy for like clients that were like, no, we want to buy there anyways. And they're like, yeah, we got like this occupancy percentage. I'm like, that's phenomenal. Like that's really, really well. So I'm, I, I just think it's a factor that, that factors in and not something that's like a deal breaker. Yeah. I didn't know if there were other ones other than Point Royale uh, that are kind of like that, but it, it was something weird that I was looking at that it, you just have to like that factor in your numbers, but. Um... Yeah, but there's not really like, I mean, luckily a lot of our, anything that you're kind of free to self-manage, it's like the world's your oyster. Like if you get something that's zoned, like, Hey, you've got opportunity here. There's not like, and there's not like a lot of landmines out there. It's just like, just all the basics that we, you know, talk about with how to self-manage or use good management to take care of it. Cause then that's really what's going to dictate performance. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much covered everything about what to buy or potentially what not to buy. So guys, if you want to buy a condo with Bill in Branson, you can email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we will get you connected. And also, if you just have further questions and want to learn more about this, there are several ways you can do that. The first one is you can join our Facebook group. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, same as my book. And you can also join us every Thursday for a live Zoom call uh, where you can, we'll just answer any of your questions on short-term rentals and you can sign up to join those at strquestions.com. Thanks everyone. Thanks, John. Thanks, Avery. Thank you.